What up, y'all? This is Brittany. I'm Mandisa. And I'm Jamal. And we are your hosts of. We're your hosts of. And we're the host of. Living Millennial. Living Millennial. Living Millennial. A podcast where you'll be hearing three different perspectives and emerging stories from three different millennials on everyday life and trending topics. This is the final episode of season one of Living Millennial Podcast. We've been holding on to this gym for a bit, but we're so excited for y'all to finally listen to and level up after this empowering conversation with a very special guest and, of course, someone you should know. So get your pens and paper or your favorite note-taking app ready to take down salary-changing information from Skylar McCurin. We hope y'all enjoy. Oh, snapping off of Tito. Okay, here I'm about to do a whole thing, so let me just. Oh, you need to. You want to see the sound? Mm, 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 oh yeah. Mm, okay, what effect? Mm. Right quick. With my backpack well, and the jacket, and then other than that, we're ready to go. Wait a minute. Hey, y'all! Welcome back to Living Millennial. This is Brittany. It's Mandisa, and we have today. Skylar Marie McCurran, but I also answer to Beyonce. Oh, yes. <laughs> I know that's right, Queen. I know that is right. Well, welcome to our 12th episode. The big one, Sue. The big one, Sue. I'm the big one, Sue. The big one, Sue. I'm the big one, Sue. Hey. And we are actually, this is our last our series. <laughs> last in the series, Someone You Should Know. Someone you should know. Oh, I like that. That's a kid name. You like someone that? You oh, someone you should know. Someone you should know. That's right. And that's for you, Queen. And Skylar, for sure, is someone that we should all, all know. I'm happy to know you. Uh, well, I feel so privileged and excited to sit down and have some conversation <laughs> about black women, yes. equity, lack thereof, and most importantly, what you can do to get yours, because God knows we deserve it. And more. <laughs> Facts, all facts. So a quick little (laughs) (laughs) background. So a quick little background of actually how I met Skylar here in San Diego. We had a weekend actually for Black women. Um, The first that Saturday they had it was early March, Mm -hmm. and that Saturday they had um, a summit called Black Women Save My Life. Mm -hmm. And Skylar spoke at the summit. She did a presentation about self advocacy um, and equity. And um, I was blown away. And a piece, one thing that she had said that made sense to me or really did that hit me was basically like, just do it. Like, Mm -hmm. get over yourself, basically, and go out there and make your ask. Like, you're not going to get what you want if you don't make your ask. And then after that, I had gone to a um, another seminar of yours, another presentation of yours. um, And that just kind of capped everything off for me. So I'm going to shut up. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to allow uh, Skylar to tell the audience about herself um, and blow everybody away. Okay, that sounds great. Well, thank you both for having me. Um, You know, I'm really excited because, Brittany, first of all, before we go into anything, Uh I want you to share with your fellow (laughs) sisters, your community, Mm -hmm. about what you went out and did. So what I went out and did was I got over myself um, and I applied for a job that would have otherwise intimidated me. It still intimidated me, but still. Um, And um, 
yeah, because months ago I would have never even applied for it because the job description was like two pages long, it felt like. Um, but I went for it and I applied for it. And um, some weeks later, they did a phone interview. Um, I went in in-person interview. And 20 minutes later, uh, after the interview, they called me and they were like, you're hired. Hello. Basically. And let's talk about um, that math, girl. Tell me so. about how they're paying you. <laughs> because that's the part, and I want to interject there because mm-hmm. that's the part that is the hardest and the scariest part of yeah. looking for work. It's like we all dread that question or we mm-hmm. dread, am I supposed to start it? What if they don't ask me? Mm-hmm. Am I going to seem greedy? What am I supposed to say? Mm-hmm. What about this? And I need to undersell. And like all yeah. of these things that go in and people just don't know what to do. So in this conversation, what I want, it, of course, is to illuminate and give the transparency of what mm-hmm. the language and all those things sounds like. So that when somebody else goes out there and they get to that part. It's like, don't trip. Like, that is the least of your worries now. Yeah, true. You don't have to be afraid. So what Skylar was talking about is that big ask, right? Or mm. really the demand. So on the phone interview, you know, the I got the classic question, what salary are you looking for? Mm-hmm. Um, and I had already done my research in the market um, for, you know, what client service coordinators do and a number of things. And especially when they're doing those things for university, um, or for a, a program extension, and um, and I, I went for it. I told them exactly what it was <laughs> like. What was the number? Um, the number was fifty six thousand. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Now, mind you, you guys, I'm coming from like I do have my bachelor's, but typically working, I am coming from a very customer service based and sales based um, background. Mm-hmm. Um, so. On average, and I, I'm going to be transparent. On average, I think I was making like maybe thirty five thousand a year. Yeah, <clears throat> and that was like the max, right? Oh, <laughs> so. yo, yo, that's twenty five thousand dollars that you just got because <laughs> you asked. Because I asked. Yeah, yeah. We can finish this interview. <laughs> We're done. I love her. Um, mm. So I told him, I'll, now I'll be honest, it wasn't as clean as I wanted it to be right. because it's I was clunky. like, oh, it feels well, clunky. It's, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but typically if anyone asks me that, I'm like, oh, like 40K is fine and mm, whatever. Yeah. But um, but no, I was like, no, like 56. Um, so when, and that was just for the phone interview. So when I went in, after I went in for the in-person interview, they called me like 20 minutes later. And, um, <laughs> and after he told me I got hired, he was like, and they accepted your, they accepted your salary. Mm. And I started choking up, y'all. Like, mm-hmm. literally started choking up. I was like, yeah. oh, 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 okay, good. Like, on, on the bus stop, choking up. Um, and, yeah, that was, so, it was, it's, it's, it's a big deal. It's well, a big deal. you know, and here's the thing that. And and then I want to drill into your story, and then we're gonna get it. And I promise. And Mendisa, yeah, I'm I'm going to. But this is in order for me to get to that part. Yeah, we gotta go through this. Yeah, okay. Because this is the thing. Like this is. Thank you so much for answering that question. Like how much money? Because. I cannot tell you that smoke and mirrors of like, mm-hmm. you need to understand the mm-hmm. math of that and even mm-hmm. understanding like what those numbers sound like because someone can be going for that very role and they're going to be undershooting themselves mm-hmm. by 
uh, like naturally a good sixteen thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Like that's a, that's like the difference of a rent in San Diego every single month. Yeah. That's yeah. the difference between you know. Also, this is what I want to speak to is the cumulative effect of you doing that. Like that's just the first time you did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we know again there will be a time. It's time for me to make another ask. Mm-hmm. Not just in this relationship with my employer, mm-hmm. but with my future partner, with the people I'm dating, the people I'm working with, with my friends with my Mm. church with where I volunteer all of that Mm -hmm. so we're looking at $26,000 right now Mm -hmm. but that's not $26,000 next year so (laughs) and and one of the things that I want to stop and stick a pin in and ask you too so the recruiter asked you what your salary was Mm -hmm. you said the number then what happened he said okay Okay, so <laughs> I want to say because normally people are like, "This is what I do." So Brittany asked me how asked me how much money what my rate is. Okay, what salary are you looking for? What's your rate? Well, I'm looking to start anywhere between fifty five and fifty seven. And also, I'm willing to, like, have a conversation so that we can meet in the middle because most important is I just want to work at this job. And if that doesn't align with your budget, then that's something that I'd be more than happy to be flexible with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You said you stayed quiet. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he well, said, ish. okay. Quiet-ish, yeah. Quiet-ish. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but it's like even that part of it is like the conversation is just so uncomfortable yeah. that we want to fill when all of our nerves take up all of that space and just staying quiet to say like, that's the number. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the very first time that I went through this process and I negotiated for myself, uh, I had asked for a salary raise one time before. I got a little bump up, but not a lot. And my colleagues were making like $100,000 more than me. Mm. And we were doing the same work. And in fact, I was doing work at their level and if not better. (laughs) And um, I went in and still asked for half of what they were making. And Mm. they pushed me closer. Mm -hmm. So I was making 50, but because I was starting at 45. Mm -hmm. Now I want to talk about how like in a company that can sometimes happen. So like, first of all, half of my colleagues had started in and got hired in on a sales matrix. So they were like already Mm -hmm. coming in with a, with like from a commission department. I never did. I started as like a temp. Then Mm -hmm. I worked my way to like a slow, like the lowest level administrative role. Uh Then so in that climb, the, the math of that just looked very different. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember like realizing for the first time how much money I just was, I just was, I was freaking infuriated. Yeah, I was crippling. enraged, <laughs> enraged. And yeah. I couldn't understand, you know, like it, I know it's my age. I know it's my race. I know that a combination of different things I just was feeling, you know, yeah. you know, and still, I went in there and I asked, I did my research on like Glassdoor, which at the time is nowhere near as robust as it is now. Yeah, yeah. facts. Oh my gosh. It was like, <laughs> Glassdoor was like some, it was like, it felt like Reddit at the time. Like that's, it was like some yeah. like under the ground, people writing comments about what yeah. it's like to work at a company. People were like, did you use on Glassdoor? Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's all like, under, like Reddit comments. level. But also the work that I've started doing in the last year alongside my um, colleague and mentor, Anne-Marie, Hoftailing uh, is really fueled by 
um, my own need and I became the person that I needed. Uh, she was my person. I got really lucky to meet someone who helped me navigate this process mm -hmm. of, of just making and asking for money. Mm -hmm. And oh my God, disgusting. I'm so sorry. My <laughs> subject to me, they're just... <laughs> I still need to let you ask a question. I'm still okay. answer the Talk. first question. So I told you. You were about to answer. <laughs> I told you. But you were about to answer um, the second question. Yeah, okay. So, how I got started. First of all, <laughs> let me. <laughs> Wait, you didn't even let me... tell about yourself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you tell them what you do. Okay. So, my business is La Red Balloon, mm -hmm. and I am a pay negotiation coach. A pain negotiation and self-advocacy coach. I also am a speaker, a facilitator, and an MC. Mm. So sometimes companies hire me to facilitate a panel or to speak at a gala or to represent their organization or to host it or MC it. And sometimes they invite me to come in and deliver training that I've written or that I've studied. So I was a fashion stylist first focused on working with women in leadership so a lot of my clients they're like the only female or the only person of color not just at their level mm -hmm. but the entire organization and their clothing became this conversation that it just became such a bigger conversation than it needed to be yeah. like from you know like I see both of you like how your your person how you dress your person it's yeah. like this thing it's kind of like an effortless like sometimes with style you have that that's what you've grown up with that eye you know like right. you like to do that you know mm -hmm. and for some people it's like really a struggle and sometimes it's a struggle for me too and trying to figure out yeah. what to where I'm gonna go and I know mm. hey not only am I gonna be the largest woman there I know I'm gonna be the blackest woman there right. I know I'm gonna be the only black woman there mm -hmm. I know all these other things so then the stakes are kind of like a little bit higher in terms of when you're thinking about what to wear so right. I work with women in that type of space so I used to say the intersection of social justice and styling um, so mm, styling's great and I enjoyed it however as of May 1st I officially am no longer doing that I'm focused solely on pay negotiation because it's imperative that people who deserve it get paid what they deserve. Yes, yeah. indeed. Which I just want to chime in and say, y'all can't see Skylar right now, but Homegirl <laughs> is looking fly. Thank you. That, I can't even, like, just beautiful goddess chic. <laughs> I'll take it. Yes. <laughs> I'm wondering about Le Red Balloon and where the, the background and of, of that image um, and the name comes from. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I fell in love with Red Balloons in college. Mm. And they became a um, kind of like a personal symbol. I like I call, call them markers. So yeah. like I know I'm supposed to be somewhere when I see a particular thing. Uh -huh. uh, so when I see Red Balloons or butterflies, I know I'm supposed to be where I'm standing. Mm. Red Balloon started uh, when I started my business seven years ago. I've been doing it full-time for three. Uh, it's definitely been a challenge, but that all started the day that um, I saw Sex in the City promo. That's <laughs> <laughs> the basic bitch in me, and I was like, oh, my God, these Red Balloons. There's, like, a promo with Red Balloons, and I was just, like, I, for some reason, like, I, it stuck with me so deeply. I cannot explain it. I called my best friend. I was like, Jazzy. 
these red balloons <laughs> girl this is everything this is th- these symbolize like everything to me they <laughs> symbolize like audacity and it symbolizes like taking up space yeah. symbolizes like freedom so my friends started giving them to me all the time and then i started Aww. seeing them special times in these very like weird way like mm. and in a way where it's like you know like the week of my uh, TED talk I was so scared and I kept thinking to myself like I don't I can't do this I can't do this and I, I kid you not I look up and there's a red balloon floating from my car on the 805 Shut for up. like five minutes no on the freeway way. in front of me no other balloon no other just balloon a just one. a red one mm. um, the 15 red balloons stuck in the tree the red balloons falling out of the window, like all these different oh times I when I needed it. When I've ever seen a red balloon. Yeah. <laughs> the last well, you might see them. Well, I think that it's kind of interesting. It's like the same thing with a car. You get a car and you notice how many people start driving the yes. car. Yeah. There's just like special things that you just keep an eye out for. So that's yeah. where the balloons start. All right. I mean, we unpacked a lot. Right. <laughs> Already. In one question. And I told you. <laughs> it's no, I mean, and, and, but all that is helpful and all that is necessary. You've already addressed all the things that um, we typically don't talk about every day. And that's just, especially being uncomfortable discussing money in general. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, me personally, I'm from Chicago. When it comes to money, that's something you do not discuss mm-hmm. whatsoever with mm-hmm. anybody. Mm-hmm. So like even just now when you were like, oh, okay, what was the amount like of what my mm-hmm. ask was? Like just naturally I felt uncomfortable, but I'm mm-hmm. like, no, like let's be let's go ahead and be transparent mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. if that's what it takes to move forward, then that's what it takes to move mm-hmm. forward, right? And to start to, you know, be a part of the movement, then that's what it takes. But typically, girl. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> well, know you know, and I have to say, good. like, I and remember, so in our class, we had someone, an attorney who was one of our sponsors that said how much money she makes and how much more money she made in the last two years. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, while it was... It, a delicious number I was like oh my gosh you know it's also really helpful because again we'll automatically it's helpful it's helpful to see what the possibility yeah. is yeah, yeah, yeah. and also to take stock of the leap that you just made I mean $25,000 again that's just what it is now but that's the difference between in a few years you being able to purchase property right you being able to stay single black woman in expensive city and not have mm. to make a relationship decision yeah, based off of also if how you're going to make your ends meet mm-hmm. you know that's which is what i think about all the time so you know I, I, that's just a big damn deal yeah, yeah, I <laughs> that's a big damn deal like yeah. you made that happen <clears throat> and so i just feel so proud i just feel so like that just it just floors me and excites me and invigorates <laughs> me like when people tell me like what they're able to freaking do yeah yeah, yeah. that's how and I will say this mm-hmm. it is it's yeah. true power and I would say this it was it was actually a like I just had a big shift in my life recently but that was definitely a big part of it um, listening to you, also listening to um, my friend Erica, who was actually on our sixth show when we talked about ghosting. Hey, Erica. Because um, oh she gosh. is that. <laughs> ghosting is hot butter garbage. Oh, okay, let's not get started. So, just FYI, for anybody thinking about doing that, you best own it and just say, I can't be here anymore. Don't just disappear. Some people don't deserve that energy, but let's, let's Bro, not go there. Ooh, no. Let's not go there. <laughs> Let's not go there, guys. Mm, okay, fine. That's um, episode six. Continue. <laughs> um, but she was a big part of that too because um, 
you know, she she was like, girl, you out here in these streets volunteering for everybody, working for everybody for free, mm-hmm. and you got bills to pay. Right. And right. you out here, you, you settle in for, you know, these small jobs. Like, go out for those big jobs, like, because you are you mm-hmm. and they're going to see that and like everybody's going to see potential so it was like a, it was just a number of things and um ironically it was like nothing but beautiful black queens who spoke life into me mm-hmm. that pushed that and you are were definitely one of them for sure um but what i want to do though is i mean we're already comfortable typically i like right, to do right, this right, before right. we get comfortable but mm-hmm. we're already comfortable but we'll still do this um we're gonna play never have i ever okay my favorite I love it. <laughs> favorite okay we got a few of them out here it's you know they're not as crazy as they usually are but um never have well if you've ever done it tell the story mm-hmm. or okay. if it's ever happened to you tell the story if it hasn't just listen to the story Okay. Okay. Um, so the first thing, the first question of the first one is never have I ever been sneezed on at work. Mm-mm. I have not. All right. Here go my story. Y'all. <laughs> so people that know me, like, no, I'm such a fucking germaphobe. It's not even funny. Like if I, I can like hear a sneeze and know it's not covered <laughs> and I will say, <laughs> and I will say something like, Ooh, that was not covered. Go wash your hands. Like, right. Right. So, um, my coworker actually did this twice mm. and he's my he's my neighbor now he's like my peer so i'm sitting next to him he's on the phone and i can see him like kind of moving a little funny or whatever and he turns over <gasps> but he turns towards me so was there someone on his other side no he has he no, there's no one there he turned towards me and he sneezed twice mm. and immediately i jumped and i look at him like he was crazy <laughs> But he did it. Two, he did it again two times, and then he did it another time the next day. And I was like, "Oh, this ain't. This won't happen again. Right. Like that's nasty. You're disgusting. From now on, cover your mouth while I'm over here." Did like, it touch you? Gross. Did one of the dots? I'm sure drops they do. Touch you? I'm sure they did. But here's, but all the sneezes like they fly. Of course. They fly. So I'm sure it was like everywhere. So I had like hand sanitizer on deck. But they're like that's Just like yeah. the worst. And I have this conversation like, you know, all the like, time. Yeah. yeah, and I have this conversation at work all the time. Like one of my old bosses used to be like, "Well, you know, it's it's not like getting on you, blah blah blah." I'm like, "No, it's called and airborne. also it's called common fucking courtesy. Like, try." Yeah. Anyway, so that's why I put that in there because I wanted to tell that fucking story. <laughs> so the next one: Never have I ever asked for a raise. Yes. Yes. I'm actually going to tell a non-success story. Oof. Um, yeah. But I was educated in the process of it, so. I am a freelancer. I'm a freelance stage manager, um, but I do work at uh, a couple of the the Lort uh, Equity Theaters in town. So one of them, I asked. Maybe this was last summer. I went in. Uh, I think it was because I was planning on moving, and I was like, okay, I'm moving into my own place, a studio, which means my rent's going to be higher, which means mm-hmm. that's more coming out of my pocket. So. I did some math, did some different percentages, and I was like, okay, I want X amount of percent raise on what I'm already making because with um, with equity, which is my union, we get a raise each year. And I was like, okay, with this percentage, I think it was like a 5% raise. On, it was either 3 or 5. I know it was an odd number. Um, a 3 or 5% raise on what I was already making mm-hmm. with the guaranteed bump the following February. And so I went in, and again, I had that 
nervous energy mm-hmm. like I can feel it all in my chest mm-hmm. and in my throat those chakras shout out to, mm-hmm. to Cole mm-hmm. um, which is very human right that's very human and um uh, I went in and I sat down and we were going over my contract anyway for that particular production and I said I brought up the the raise um and they told me no because um the the institution which I don't think them being nonprofit, but they're under a certain, um, it's called favorite nations where if they, they can't really give people a raise because then they'd have to, it would affect the rest of their freelance hires that they do for the rest of the season. Um, and that's what I thought too. So, (laughs) so one of the things that I want to say is like, that's where negotiation is so helpful because, yeah. but again, when you don't have the, when no one tells you, okay, because most of the time, sometimes, not most of the time, I shouldn't say that, that's an assumption. A lot of the time, a company or an organization, they're trying to figure out this budget that they have, right? And right. so it's in their best interest always to make a choice mm-hmm. that, will get somebody by, but also saves the company, right? Right. And so while they were saying, well, if we do that for you, mm-hmm. what can end up happening is we have to do that for everyone, and it could also keep us from having to get another freelance freelancer, which... Well, no, because everyone on production is freelancing. Right, but were they, were they saying they wouldn't be able to hire another person if they gave you that money? No. Okay, so what were they saying? Just that they would have to bump up the the salary for everyone coming okay. on contract. Okay, okay. So, okay. <laughs> I don't okay. see the problem. Okay, well, <laughs> right. Like... Sometimes, okay, so sometimes, and with a, like, union and things like that, like, that's its own set of issues that can right. still be worked through. However, what, what you also could have said... And I say this as like a, for anyone listening, because I've, I, I, I have learned it through this way. Okay, then I would like um, for you to cover my parking and transportation and bus fare. Right. Other avenues. Yes. Yep. I would like for you to, you know, um, connect me to like two other organizations that you know, like, and give me, like, a very, very beautifully thoughtful written introduction to someone who can hire me here, 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 or something like that, you know, because sometimes that does really happen, like, there really isn't money in a budget, they really can't. Right. So one of the things that Anne-Marie has taught all of us to say is to say, okay, what needs to occur Mm -hmm. for, to get me closer to this? Because sometimes it's like, okay, the systems are like, they're clashing, right? So there might be something, a loophole they can do, like give you a stipend, Mm -hmm. do this, this or this, so that you can have that. What needs to occur to get me closer to this? Yeah. And, or you can say, all right, fair, I understand that. I hear what you're saying. And, because you always say and not but, you validate what they say. I hear that you're saying that and that we would then have to give everyone else a raise. Yeah. And I would still like to have a conversation and what needs to occur in order for me to have like my, you know, in lieu of what's the word I'm looking for in lieu of direct payment, Mm -hmm. I would like you to do and then list out another term because terms are just as important as the dollars. Boom. Facts. Yes. So what did you say? 
when they said that. I only interrupted her before she no, finished. Yes. <laughs> uh, I know jump. parking was <laughs> included in that uh, to have a parking pass. Um, I'm trying to remember what else. I feel like some lunches were covered too because they mm. occurred during mm-hmm. eating times. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm trying to because I'm trying to remember what production this was for, but I know those two things off the top mm-hmm. of the head that, that those were in there. Good shit. Um, so here is let me let me just read a bit. Just going back to what favorite nations is. Um, favorite nations clauses are re- relatively simple to describe. They are a contractual commitment that no other relevant party will receive better or more advantageous mm-hmm. terms from the party mm. making the commitment. Um, in the entertainment industries, uh, in film, TV, theater, actors, um, uh, and investment agreements is where they are most often found. Okay. So... Yeah, yeah. Well, which which is really important and, and necessary to discuss because a lot of people work for a union right. or they work in a particular system where it's like you're only allotted, for example, I had a conversation with someone on the way here who's a uh-huh. teacher. And so the the salary bumps are very rigid and they mm-hmm. have to be. And so that's what we were talking about. Okay, then that doesn't mean we still can't ask for something. Right. So, you know... Even if it's not in the terms of, like, when we think of, like, um, an amenity or parking or a stipend or things like that, you can also ask for things to get you closer to what you want in a professional career. Like, I need you to write a testimonial. I need you to let me use images from, like, this, this, like, from these different productions, royalty-free I need to be able to own those images so I can use them. Mm. Um, I need you to introduce me to the following three playhouses, directors, because of this particular thing, thing, this and this and this. So there's like other things you can always ask for something. Like even if you can't get money, there's still something to ask for. For sure. Mm -hmm. And with that being said, I I do want to point out that it's important to do the research. Mm -hmm. um, Because if you don't know what to ask for, then... don't ask. You don't no. stay quiet. Right. And then don't ask, right? Because you can set yourself up. Mm-hmm. So I do think it's very important to do the research um, and also know exactly what you want going into it. Like, I knew I wanted um, a certain pay. I knew that I wanted a job that would either do tuition reimbursement or free tuition. Mm-hmm. And this does that. I knew I, I knew I wanted a job that had a gym and we got a gym mm-hmm. and a pool. Ooh. So, yeah. <laughs> like, yes. you know, and I also, I did want something closer, but the only exception closer to home. Um, but the only exception would be a, if it was still going to be far, that it would be a, a job that was worth the pay right. mm-hmm. um, and worth the commute. And it very much is. So, um, definitely we need to go into knowing like what we want. Um, I'll go ahead and answer that question too. I have asked for a raise before and it was at a few jobs ago for me and um, they did not give me a raise. Now they've given me raises before I've gotten, you know, little promotions or whatever, but living in San Diego, like, Mm -hmm. come on now. If you're (laughs) making honestly less than like 17 or $18 a month, um, and wait. that's one person making sorry an hour, an hour. forgive me <laughs> I was Jesus like wait, wait 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 <laughs> um, if you're making like 17 less than like 17 to 18 dollars um, an hour like 
I honestly don't think that you can really live too comfortably, like, to be honest. So, um... Gas is almost $5 a gallon. Yeah, yeah gas like, is already what? almost 5 bucks a gallon, and yeah, rent is crazy. Rent is... There's no cap on rent control, none of those things. No. So, um, and that's exactly what was happening to me. Like, my rent was going up. I, I've been there. I was in North Park for three years. My rent had gone up 400 bucks. Mm. Um, plus that, actually. Did you know you can negotiate to keep your rent the same, too? I'm sure, but I was ready to get out of there. I that hear that. Okay. My the first that time I heard somebody do that that blew my mind yeah, yeah. it's tough yes. though now that that right there is tough but i i it's i do know because i have some folks out there in the streets helping them out mm-hmm. but um, i want to go back to that yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll hook you up. um but you know it's just a lot going on and um you know with the last promotion that i had got at this job i was only making like 14 25 but i was still doing a lot of work Granted, for some folks in San Diego, I'm sure that would have been acceptable. But, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I sat down and I asked for a raise. And I kind of already had this planned out originally. But, um, you know, they, they just said no. I was like, I, I asked for a raise. And I also asked for, my main ask was for weekends off. Because I'd been there for two years. Yeah. Um, I was working like six days a week for six months. Um, and I'm like, I just need weekends off. Just do something. They said no to all those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, at that moment, I was prepared to do this. At that moment, I put in my two weeks. Okay, right. I think that that's really helpful and insightful because sometimes, like, the wor- let's say the worst... Well, no, I don't want to... Because the worst case scenario could always be worse. So let me think about that. <laughs> no, let's say, for example, you ask and then you find out this company there's nothing for you here like there is no room there is no space it is not happening and there's nothing they can do for you like in terms of your advancement really though there's nothing because you've you've explored all of those Mm -hmm. then you know and then you know that it's time to look at either a new not just automatically a new industry but at least like a new company and and at least you knew that Mm -hmm. instead of thinking or operating under the assumption that one day yeah it'll it'll change yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yes yeah which yes. is what I was doing originally to be honest but I learned mm-hmm. my lesson like you know especially not just with this company but other companies too yeah. I definitely learned my lesson um, and I had people who were like working there that were like girl you're doing too much for nothing like mm-hmm. you're not gonna do nothing like they not doing nothing with you uh, you just you just doing a lot and it finally hit me like oh, you know what. You got damn right. I am doing a lot. Mm-hmm. And they ain't giving me shit for it. Um, and I've heard of other stories where a number of people have, I mean, they fucked a few other people over too who were doing the most for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I am glad I got out of there when I did. And yeah. I had already gotten a job prior to me even having that conversation with them. Mm-hmm. I just didn't accept it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was that was my first time actually asking for a raise any other time before that I just waited for I just waited for mm-hmm, one mm-hmm. and I don't think a lot of people know and maybe you're able to confirm this but you like I think legally you can ask for a raise like every three to six months right for some companies um I don't know about legally in terms of like when you can ask I okay. I, I, th- I think that you can make an ask at any time. I'm sure there are specific industries where possibly you can't. I, mm-hmm. I, I can't speak to that necessarily. Yeah. Um, in terms of like the ethics of that and, and the, the nuance of what that, that would take research for me to look at like with sure. just a but. Okay. Um, in terms of being strategic about when to ask, mm-hmm. that is something that I can definitely speak to because sometimes those those two conversations kind of overlap too right Mm -hmm. like 
you should not make an ask right after, like the week after a bunch of layoffs and right. it's all a mess, right? <laughs> like yeah. you um, should not make an ask if you have absolutely no idea what your contingency ask is gonna be if you get a no mm. and have all these backup things of what you could negotiate for if they if the money isn't exactly what you're wanting. Yeah. Um, but being really strategic and thoughtful about when to, like before somebody's reviewing a budget or looking at the budget mm. and allocating that for the next year. Yeah. Um, or if, you know, you're in education, thinking about having that conversation at the end of the school year, like right after you get your placement for the next year. Mm. Yeah. So in terms of thinking about when to ask, that's really important, the timing of it. Um, but I know that your employer, if they penalize you for making an ask and for advocating wow. for you, if they, but see, this is the thing that's really difficult. A lot of people don't want to ask because we know that women and especially people of color are taxed at times for making an ask. Facts. So okay. mm, there, okay, let's talk about tax, the yes. tax for asking, because that's a very real, real, real issue. And that's exactly part of the reason as to why it makes it difficult. I know that as a black woman, when I walk into a building and I know that I know when I'm the first person that looks like me to be getting a check from the institution that it's coming from. I know that I can feel it in my bones. I can smell it in the foyer. I can feel it when I pull into the parking spot. I just know. Especially because the way my voice sounds and then I show up and like, we wasn't expecting you. And I'm like, surprise. Ooh. Boom. Pause. <laughs> Let's unpack that. Because I've heard that before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So one of my jobs back in Chicago, um, one of my bosses at the time, it was his first year being like a manager or whatever. And I was a supervisor. And um, we became close over time. And he admitted, he was like, oh my, like I saw your name on the paper. I thought you were going to be like some redheaded, freckle face white girl. That's like, very specific kind of white people, but sure. Right? <laughs> right? He's like, oh, Brittany, you know, oh, Brittany McCline, I thought you were going to be, I was like. Thought you were Irish? Like, I thought he, it's like, well, I get that too, but. So oh. there are some things that we keep to ourselves. <laughs> there are some things, it's like. But that's privilege. We can right. just say whatever we all fucking things. feel like saying. It's just like. Listen. Okay, listen. I was like, we're cool and all, but. Mm. Let's unpack that. Well, you know, and honestly, one of the things that I've had to work through, too, is the privilege that I have from my voice sounding like this. Mm. You know, there I know, I know, seriously, like, I know that sometimes I'm asked to speak at a certain event mm. or I'm getting an opportunity because of the way that my voice sounds and also because of the way that I present. Yeah. And there is, a, you. I mean, it does no service to argue and say that you don't have privilege in particular contexts because every single context that's always what you're evaluating, mm -hmm. yeah. measuring, and understanding. So that's been a really an interesting process too, realizing, okay, hey, by the way, I know I got this opportunity. There's one in particular that I'm thinking of. They thought I was the best person for it, and I wasn't. I, I presented as the best person for it. Mm. I'm not the best person for it. I connected them to the best person for it, who just happens to also have a voice that does not sound like mine and also does not look like me in any capacity. And I know that should that person get that opportunity, it would be like the bet they are the best person for it, mm -hmm. not just because they're the best person. And also the byproduct is that like 
fuck you. <laughs> you now are like doing this radical thing with your presence, which is yeah. also like one of the things I, I had an old friend that used to say, like the protest is implied. Like when you walk into a space, it's like, yeah. look, I don't even have to like, just me being in here yeah. is already like some shit, you yeah. know, yeah. not to put that position which will naturally be placed upon their shoulders when they go into that room. Mm -hmm. But also just being mindful and like knowing that, that fuck, there's privilege in the way that I sound and the way that I dress and the way that I yeah. look. Yeah. yeah. I'm conventionally attractive. Yeah. It's just, just facts. You, you know what I mean? I'm for real. Like there's certain things that I will receive that maybe another woman, black, black woman will not mm -hmm. vice versa, depending on where we are and which currency is the yeah. most valuable mm -hmm. where yeah. we are at in that time. Mm -hmm. So on that note, <laughs> mm -hmm. on that note, um, I want to talk about tax because there's hella tax, tax on tax on tax. So the fear of what will happen to you and how you will be retaliated for for disrupting a system, a process and a power dynamic that we have been taught to not confront. Mm -hmm. um, I learned to be an ambassador. I learned how to use my voice in that capacity, whereas being more confrontational mm -hmm. or more um or expressing justifiable anger mm -hmm. <laughs> those types of things that's something i've always struggled with mm -hmm. that's something i've always struggled with yeah um because you know at least for me the priority is always survival i'm thinking about how am i gonna get out of here right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so um and not just that but like how do i have to what do i need to do to make it and survive in this place that I'm in, in a way that is not going to strip me of my joy and freedom while I'm here when I already am struggling to be here. Ooh, so yes. that is like a really difficult conversation that all of us have to come to terms with. And this is what I have to say. I wish, and Anne-Marie and I talk about this all the time, and considering the fact that both of our upbringings are very different, they're like, not in terms of... Uh, in some ways, we're very similar, but then in, in some ways, like she as she shares her her conversation with money as a family and individually is very different than mine, just as it's very different from yours and yours. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that she always says, and I appreciate it so much in having this conversation, because this is a woman who also learned all of these sets of skills and then gave that set of skills to a black woman to go make money from herself. That is a different level of allyship as we use. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So when she says and coaches people and what I learned is like, you're coaching people through systemic barriers, not around them. And we're not mm -hmm. pretending that they don't happen. Mm -hmm. We're not pretending these things don't exist. I'm not pretending that this isn't scary as fuck going in and saying a number that you've never said. Yeah. I'm not saying that it is not absolutely horrifying to have somebody look at you and say, sorry, the answer is no. I know all of those so intimately. I still know those things so intimately. As you keep doing it, you get a little bit better each time. It feels, I love that you said how clunky and awkward it felt. Cause that's how sometimes when I'm still on the, a call or I'm talking about like, I'll, I'll, I'm like, fuck, I still did this thing and I didn't want to do it this way. And like, you know, it's like, okay, let me collect data information for the next time and mm -hmm. trying to look at it that way versus like whipping your own back with yeah. where you fell short. Because also you got 25,000 more dollars. You did. Mm -hmm. Brittany McCline, the non-redhead, <laughs> unfreckled face black woman <laughs> from Chicago got $25,000 more 
because she fucking asked. Mm. So that is like some real power to be able to sit at a table. So even if they say no, you did this thing that it took generations before would never have been able to even do that. You walking in and asking like that's a big damn deal. And not only like you have to do it for yourself, but every single person who comes behind you, you are making it a little bit easier for them. Yeah. A little, I was banging on the table and they already talked to me about being on the table because it goes <laughs> on the microphone. So if you all hear just a subtle, it sounds like a booming in the background. That's Skylar <laughs> over gesturing on the table. So it's okay. It's passion. It's so passion. Really about that, it. about that tax. Yes. We will deal with that bridge when we get to it. Yeah. Also, when you're dealing with microaggression and all that other stuff is like, I think it's super important to like, to document those things, to be really thoughtful about how to confront that. Yeah. And still, if you're getting paid what you deserve and you're dealing with that, Mm -hmm. that's one thing Mm -hmm. versus making a significant amount less yeah to stay safe yeah so safety is like a big that's its own conversation um but i've also learned that this is a different to view this as a different type of safety like i know that i have a language and a set of skills you have an an actual sentence of what to say (laughs) when somebody asks you like that is a life-saving critical tool Mm -hmm. that every human needs. But for those of us in which this conversation and the tax is high, right? And, and oftentimes sometimes, and I really do also need to say this because sometimes people can be unconsciously, unconsciously, Come on, there's also strategic. I'm not, I'm not playing on sometimes. Come on, come on. There's a like, for a reason. Okay, so, but I'm saying, sometimes people, they just don't know. We cannot place our own value at the mercy of someone else, especially yeah. if historically they may not be able to do that yeah. for a multitude of reasons. Yeah. We are the ones that have to do that. And it's, why like we already have to do so much Mm -hmm. i hear that i hear that and when you sit at a table and this time like when you have a conversation that's not as amory and i talk about it's not rooted in anxiety or in ego or in fear Mm -hmm. you're having a conversation that's rooted in in facts yeah in math Mm. in unemotional dialogue Mm -hmm. and when you were talking I love that you were talking about the physical reaction like you get into your chest that's really like you have to like trick your body that's what Amory is always telling like tell them to speak so slow like almost twice as slow as you would normally talk to help your body catch up because it's telling you to run the opposite direction so all of those things it's like we're taxed all of the time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we're we're even taxed by people who we trusted would never do that. Mm-hmm. We're taxed by our own. We tax ourselves. We are taxed by people who who literally we share a bed with. Mm-hmm. Okay? There's tax that's where we we live in a society yeah. there's just be taxed, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And 
you being able to at least know that there's this tool that you can pull out of your pocket and say, and really look at it. And it's, and again, it's a different lens and way of being in the world. It's a different way of being, how can I show up in service to you? Right. Which is where we automatically usually are natural at doing Mm -hmm. versus how can I be in service to myself so that I can then be for other people? Yeah. Right. Yeah, feed yeah. my myself pain. first. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because you, we all know you cannot feed from empty cups. That's a right. fact. Ooh. And that's just that's part of my little shift I've been going through. I do want to bring a few things out. Um, because this is a show about, um, first of all, we celebrate black millennials. Um, mm-hmm. It's a community for black millennials, mm-hmm. but it's for everybody really to relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to talk about like the work that you do and really how you see that as being beneficial for us. I see it, but like I definitely want to hear from you as like how that can be beneficial. Because we talked about, you know, we can talk about generations before us um, and how even having this conversation could be like shocking to them right yeah, yeah. to them right because yeah. like I've had conversation with folks conversations with folks older and like they're just like don't stir the pot you know don't have like right. step away just like just be grateful for what you have right and that's the mindset that I've developed because like don't no, just just be happy with what you have right. just be grateful that you get hired just be mm-hmm. grateful that you're there mm-hmm. be grateful that you can clock in every day right but be happy that you have a job but and like at what cost but right. like one of my bills has to get skipped every month so like let's go for it so also the metaphorical pot as soon as you said that i thought of you know if you're following a recipe it tells you to stir the pot and you don't what do you end up with charred shit on the bottom of your pot that's your shit wasted Oh, okay. that's, so, that's so true. You get yes. that Okay, I'm that's now true. Now you eat less. Yeah. You can literally take that aunt, the auntie's metaphor and turn it back <laughs> and be like, but you know, you don't stir gumbo, it burns the bottom of the oh, pot and all that shit goes wasted. Yes. Yeah. See what yes. those auntie metaphors? <laughs> yes. That was really good. That yes. is. Like, and that's, that's true. It burns at the bottom. Burns sinks yeah. to the bottom. Okay, now yes. you guys goes to waste. Right. Um, but so, so definitely I want to know how can self-advocacy can mm-hmm. be helpful to millennials but particularly black millennials oh um, yeah this is <laughs> this is it's absolutely everything and when I say life-saving skill I mean it is just that mm-hmm. this is let me get out my let me step on my pedestal excuse me step on up yeah <laughs> okay in 2020, black families are predicted to have zero net worth. Mm. Zero net worth. Black millennials, we are positioned right now at this really interesting, I think that it's a very interesting time. There's more room to discuss things like privilege and white fragility, right? Like, it, mm. there's more room to to have the conversation that about black tax like because we know that and whereas before i'm not saying that a a shit ton of people won't say that's not a real thing but you know (laughs) like there are also more people that are are recognizing that i understand that i intellectually at least understand that right um we carrying all of the internalized messaging not just from the external world, but from our own families mm-hmm. on 
how to navigate that process. Now, I, my grandmother's generation, my parents' generation, I came from what would be considered a middle class to upper middle class family. For especially in our community, yes. Mm-hmm. If we look at that, yeah. the math just in our community. But still, there are conversations around money that I've never had with my parents mm-hmm. that I really that would have been helpful. Mm-hmm. There have been situations that I've had to navigate, and the only way I've learned how to do those things is to go through it. Mm-hmm. And some of those are very expensive. Like, for example, if my brother had have told me, don't get a credit card when you start college, do not get a credit card when you start college, yeah. because of his financial mistake, what, of mm-hmm. what happened to him when... Come on. I had someone gave me $3,000 as a 17 year old on a credit card. That's how much my balance was. And I said, told them to lower it to 300 while they were coaching me to have it at a higher max. Mm -hmm. So I'm incurring more debt. But if my brother had not told me that, which first of all, who wants to have a conversation around their own credit card debt? Facts. (laughs) (laughs) Who wants to have a conversation? Then who's going to, especially if we're looking at older generations and, and the, the re and I'm putting in quotes, the way that respectful conversations can look like, like that's not some, excuse me, you're going to ask me that. How dare you ask me about that? Mm-hmm. Even when I asked you how much money I felt, that's don't ask her that. <laughs> and I'm like, it's even in those little actions mm-hmm. where it's like all of that stuff. Yeah. We have we have deeply, each one of us, for whatever layer of identity that we claim, mm-hmm. for whatever specific nuanced environment we grew up in, for all of the intersections of those things that make this conversation challenging for us in the ways that it's specifically challenging and then also in the same ways that it's like unifyingly challenging, mm-hmm. we have to, we have to ask for money. We have to monitor and look at what we're making, do the research to figure out if how much the salary ranges for these roles. How do you stay up on that? Just as much as like we're mm-hmm. focused on like growing our credit and da da da. Mm-hmm. Okay, what when's it time for me to like use my voice to speak up for something to ask for what's fair? Yeah. That's what this conversation is. It's asking for what is fair. So if that is not a timely necessary thing for young black millennials for and for again for any person to learn to speak up for what is fair for yourself Mm -hmm. because so many of us were so good at if we saw something like look black lives matter is a perfect a perfect example there's some this is wrong right i'm going to use my voice my resources my time my community my energy so that this is being addressed but we don't take that same fervor and place it and direct it towards ourselves it's harder to do that for all of those reasons and so like even I was just talking coaching somebody who had come through our class and I said you know when we intellectually talk about you know systems change and we talk about systemic barriers we forget that like we're the very people that we're trying to support so of course we get to be vulnerable too Mm -hmm. this is You know, like when I hear numbers like zero net worth, that terrifies me. Mm -hmm. And I know that while I may not be able to write somebody a $50,000 check, while um, I may not be able to uh, 
grow someone's generational wealth, what I can do is tell them this skill set, this this tool that can somehow not be the easiest money you'll make, but the simplest, mm-hmm. the fastest. Mm-hmm. Talking about fast and talking about all this rap music, flipping coin. Please go in and ask your boss. <laughs> that may be that may be some of the quickest money that you'll make that you didn't think was possible. Right. Yeah. So yeah. we absolutely have to have to have to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to share the language that we share. <gasps> yes. So pen at the ready. So um. Ah, wait first before you share the language. Um, I remember at your last presentation, you guys talked about, um, how much, uh, folks with bachelors and masters are Mm -hmm. missing out on, Mm -hmm. um, when they don't make those asks. So what are those? I I want the audience to definitely hear that because it blew me the fuck away. So what, Mm -hmm. what, what's the math? So, um, uh, and I think this is, it was Harvard Business Review's study that has this particular citation. I'll need to follow up with you so that I can cite it correctly. But it's over the course of a professional, a young professional woman's life. So mm-hmm. we assume her career history will be like 46 years. Okay. So mm-hmm. if we look at those 46 years, a woman with a bachelor's degree will miss out on $650,000 from not negotiating. And one with a graduate degree will miss out about 1.5. But really the statistic that that's where we quote it, but the statistic is we'll lose out on anywhere from 650,000 to $1.5 million simply from not advocating for yourself. Because think about how much money you're leaving on the table. A lot of the time we assume there's no money. They, they say there's no money in a budget mm-hmm. or like we're, th- it's like, it is not your job to have to worry about where they're going to find it. Mm-hmm. It's your job to ask right. and see if it's there. Mm-hmm. And if it's not, then what else can we ask for so that you're still getting what's fair? Right. We're not asking you to ask for something you don't deserve. Just asking you to ask for what is fair. I had that language pulled up. This is crafted by the brilliant Anne-Marie Hoftailing, who is my mentor, colleague. This woman literally has etched a blueprint <laughs> with her own fingernails <laughs> for real, because that's what it takes like yeah. to craft away and then to give me the keys so that I can give other people keys. Yes. Um, and it is just overwhelming uh, to think about what this work entails. And I wanted to actually talk to you mm-hmm. about the emotional experience you've been having since. Because by the way, this work, when I started this, <laughs> woo, and for everyone, we always say this work is very emotional. Yeah. You will find yourself so lamenting all of the time in which you didn't do it. Mm, Right. (laughs) And I start thinking about, oh, I lost a lot of friendships. Mm. I lost a lot. And in that up-leveling, there were a lot of people that did not rise to the occasion. And that was Mm. really hard to work through. Yeah. And in the end, it's for the best. But it doesn't mean it's not hurtful. So it's just like it's... It's some tough stuff, you know, we, we're doing yeah. a lot of yeah. stuff, like yeah. we're rewriting generational myths and like, I mean, it's just all casual yeah. in a matter of days. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. This, thank you. See, I'm playing with things and dropping <laughs> balls on the table. Okay. <laughs> all right. For those of you that are looking to have a conversation, this is the language that Madam Hoftilling has crafted. I want my compensation to accurately reflect my contribution, my experience and my market value. 
Ooh. Mm. Market value. I want my compensation to accurately reflect my contribution, my experience, and my market value. I love market value because it's like, listen, you're not the only people out here. Right. I will take these goods. And I did the research, yeah. And when, when, when you all said that, the presentation, I remember the whole room was like, Oh, right, like, just everyone just like let out this big yeah. like, oh my god, oh my god, like you know. We say it's church. It feels yeah, like church. It, yeah, literally. Um, and so the the cool thing about that is, um, I had written that down, and um, and I had already had a conversation, a phone conversation with the job that I'm at now, and um, my mom actually was in the process of. Um, going for a promotion, mm. basically. And I was telling her about, you know, like how well you all spoke and everything you were talking about. And I'd, I'd read yes. that to her. I'd read that to her. <laughs> and she goes, oh, text that to me. Oh, Did she do I it? I said, okay. Oh, my oh, gosh. Queen. Okay, oh, my gosh. I'm so, I'm so oh, like, oh, my gosh. I'm so, okay, 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 okay. So I texted, I, so I did just that. I texted to her, right? You're freaking out. <laughs> So, long story short, my mom got the promotion. <gasps> okay. She, they, it took a while to go through the negotiation. Uh-huh. My mom is happy. Yes. Okay. From my understanding, she got her asks and she got her promotion and she's doing her thing. <laughs> and she's doing her thing. Um, I'm sorry. Holy <laughs> You don't know. You don't understand how fucking she make me listen to me listen to me ooh 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 hold the phone hi ooh. mom <laughs> she ooh, ooh, congrats yeah <sighs> that's just me it just makes me want to cry and sing at the same time mm. I just hear that oh my gosh yeah. that just is un-fucking believable yes. well ooh. and here's the thing right <laughs> Mama got the ass. Mama got the ass. Mama got the ass. Yeah, Mama got the ass. Mama got the ass. So so going actually back to you wanted to know about like my emotional experience since um and it hasn't been like negative whatsoever. It's all been like it's been like this big purpose that I'm just kind of shoveling in and still trying to understand. Um, cause like, you know how sometimes you think like, oh, like I'm good. I'm the shit and my personality is great. But like, you still struggling in other areas. Um, so I definitely had to like get through that. Um, but when, so, uh, when HR, the recruiter called me Mm -hmm. and said like, I, you guys, I was still waiting for the bus. Okay. After leaving this interview. Mm -hmm. So when he called me, um, you know, at the end of the call, I was, I was already choking up, but my mom's calling on the other line. Because mm. I had called her before that. Uh-huh. Um, and she's calling the other line. And by this time, once I hear my mom's voice, I'm like, ah, I'm crying. Done. Mm-hmm. Right? Because I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, my God. Like, and, and I couldn't really say much. Only thing I could say was like, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And But then I'm laughing mm-hmm. at the same time, too. Right? And my mom's mm-hmm. like, Britt, are you okay? Britt, Britt. <laughs> and then she said she heard me say, like, thank you, guys. So she kind of calmed down. And then when she finally heard what I said, mm-hmm. and I can buy her the job, she started crying and laughing. Yeah. <laughs> so we're both like, like, it was just five to six minutes of, like, crying and laughing to me and my mom. And it was just the, it was just, like, the most... 
incredible experience because the story before that is I hadn't worked for like 10 months before this Mm -hmm. Um, and I was okay I was chilling for a little bit but like those last like four months or so um, were really really tight I was really really struggling Um, and my mom knew it Um, she you know she knew all about this which is a big reason why Mm -hmm. she kind of had the same reaction um but it was just yeah yeah, it was just a big awakening and like i said you're a big part of like a lot of the light that was spoken into me and just reminding like bitch you got a whole degree yeah Mm -hmm. like you worked your ass off for a long ass time Mm -hmm. like you talking about self-worth but you -hmm. know like let's go out there and let's Mm -hmm. practice it in every aspect Mm -hmm. right like not just about relationships not just with friendships like Mm -hmm. let's talk about it too when we talk about work relationships Mm -hmm. like being a professional Mm -hmm. um so I had to I definitely had to step it up and so the emotional part for me is just like how kind of in all I've been of the things that mm-hmm. have come out of me just like right. making those asks right. making those demands yeah. getting over myself and just like going out and doing the damn thing and can um, you can you share your your thoughts your feelings being on the other side of that now mm-hmm. no I don't I can't I haven't really grasped it like that like yeah. just yet um I can't to be honest I I have yet to really articulate it um only thing I can say is just do it like if there's anything that you have in mind anything that that anyone wants to do like just fucking do it like honestly yeah the worst thing that can happen is somebody can say no mm-hmm. and right then you turn and go down another street and then you turn and go down another street mm-hmm. um you know you find another avenue to be honest yeah. um but yeah besides that like i i at this point like besides just being grateful and just in awe like i really cannot articulate like what's happening at yeah. this moment. We'll circle like, back in a month. We'll right. <laughs> that's, so ex- that's just so thrilling to me. That's so thrilling. And yeah. one of the things in class that we do when we say, like, we bring or when we're bringing other people along, like, you normalize the process for someone behind you. Mm. Um, and that's, you know... That's what you're doing. Oh my gosh, we gave everyone a pair, a set of keys, and the, yes. this is your key to give to someone else. And with the story of you doing this, mm-hmm. you're going to teach someone else how to do it. Mm-hmm. You're going to tell them what that process looked like, the emotional part of it, mm-hmm. the part of like this, of staying quiet, the part of all of that. And mm-hmm. then they're going to go do something. Mm-hmm. Your job is to coach them through that process, just like we did you. And, mm-hmm. you know, that story with your mother, it's just like, Oh, I mean, what, like a collective down payment? Come on. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's what we're talking about here. Like yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So I encourage everyone who's listening, if you're thinking about, it's time for me to approach this conversation, uh, approach a conversation where you're basically just asking for greater equity in a relationship. It doesn't just have to be at your job. Uh, maybe it's that you would like your partner to have an extra day of picking kids up from school. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's that you need to ask your kids to start making their own lunch. Um, maybe it's that you need to have a conversation with your pastor. Uh, whatever that is, um, you're worth the work that all of that requires. And finding the specific language uh, and the strategy, you can always reach out to me and I'll give everyone my website. Amazing. It's loredballoon.com. L-E, so really le, le. <laughs> if I said le, it's yes. French, which is plural and it's the wrong spelling. So L-E, yes. redballoon.com. <laughs> 
two L's, two O's, dot com, loredballoon.com. And you can get in touch with me there and I can help coach you through the process of making your ask. And if not, you have these wonderful women to reach out to as a resource. You now have the language of what to ask for. So I'm going to, I just want to close my little piece by saying the following <laughs> things. If you're going to make an ask for work at work, get your pens and pencils get your ready. Pens and people ready. One, you need to think about who you need to have this conversation with. If it's your immediate supervisor or one, one level above, think about when the right time is to make that ask. Um, maybe your review time is coming up. Maybe reviews aren't happening for another six months or you just had one. I encourage you to wait till after a project. Wait until maybe at least 90 days to reapproach that conversation if you didn't already. Um, and also, uh, we need to have a conversation that's unemotional and it's rooted in facts. So we don't say things like, mm. I feel like I deserve. And right. I, I think, no, say I want mm -hmm. my, yes. Hold on. I'm going to my phone. I want my compensation to accurately reflect my contribution, my experience and my market value. Can we mm. say that together? Yes. Yes. I, I want, want my compensation, compensation to, to accurately reflect my contribution, my experience, and my market value. And we do that. And you've already done the research. The places where you can look are LinkedIn and also Glassdoor. Mm -hmm. Glassdoor is my personal favorite. I haven't really used LinkedIn for researching salaries, but you can sometimes find the salary range for a specific job in the actual company. Um, you can look and see for someone who's year one, year two, year three at this level, what is the range? Think about where you are at in terms of what to ask for, um, what you, how you can aim. I like to sometimes give a range and say I'd like anywhere from here to here to give a little bit of wiggle room. Mm -hmm. um, and also kind of that, but rather not to aim higher. Again, we're asking for what's fair. So that should be the guiding scope. Uh, so I'm going to do those things. Say that sentence, schedule that conversation with your employer, your boss. When you do it, talk twice as slow as you normally do. Sit down, sit all the way up, all the way up. Mm. Keep your hands on your lap. You can have a pen and a paper that has notes for what you're going to say. You can also take notes from them. Validate what they say. If they say, I need to have this conversation with so repeat it back. I'm hearing that you need to have a conversation. Is that correct? Mm. Yes. So that you understand, because also in that time when our nerves take control, sometimes we like almost black out and don't yeah. hear anything. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Write it down. Repeat back. Also, the language of someone says, well, right now in our budget, we don't have this. This is the following response. So you've already said, I want my compensation to accurately reflect my market value contribution experience. They say blah, 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 we can't, or maybe this. You say, what needs to occur mm. to get me closer to this number? What needs to happen? Tell me, because then they're going to give you the exact steps. Right. You'll have a little more transparency as to what that looks like. Uh, so go out, make your ask. Yes. And for those of you that want to share, that would be so fantastic for them to tag themselves after they've made an ask. Yeah. Facts. And tag living millennial PC. That's right. 
on Instagram and Living Millennial Podcast on Facebook. Skylar, you literally just gave me life for the third time. Ooh. Oh, that my time's gosh. A time. Wow. I've Jeez. never given birth, but I feel like I, <laughs> I guess I have. Love so, yeah. I yes. guess I have. Yes. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for uh, really educating us, educating our audience. Um, this is a necessary conversation to have. Yes. Um, we definitely would love to have you on for the next season, for sure. Absolutely. Thank um, you. If there's anything that you ever need from me, let me know if I need to show up to any of these classes and be like, mm. hi, guys, I'm a little black girl, and I made an ask. Yes. I was successful. <laughs> well, on I'm that note. <laughs> Actually, yeah. I want to talk to say something really quick. Yes. So I'm writing a one woman show that I'm pairing with this curriculum yes. to tell the story about where I learned all this stuff. And I took care of my grandmother. And, you know, sometimes the work of women is unseen. It has a value, um, but sometimes it's not honored. So I'm currently figuring out a place where I can do a scripted read through and it's uh-huh. with a small audience of 30 and then the full one come fall. Dope, so dope, that's dope. what I wanted to talk to you about. Yes. So I'm putting that out there too. Put right. it out there. Mm-hmm. Right. Speaking into We're existence. making connections. This that's is what right. this shit's all about. Is, exactly. Mm-hmm. Loki, I'm making connections without even like trying these days. Ooh. So like a breeze, like a breeze. Exactly. <laughs> Habit. Whether I feel like each time, whether we have guests on the show or not, us coming in a room and sharing experiences and resources, mm-hmm. it's like as black millennial women, that's what we need. Facts. Especially when, for some of us, if you don't have the generation before you who, in your upbringing or even now, who talk to you about these things, like you were saying earlier, Skylar, if you didn't have people who talk to you about these things and being together with people who can connect you in this way, who can level up with you and hand you the keys to hand to someone else. That's really Mm -hmm. what it's all about. And that's how we thrive together. Yeah. I love it. It's beautiful. And I think our, our generation honestly is doing that like tremendously right now. Mm -hmm. Like we're like, fuck all this simple minded shit. Fuck all this selling. Fuck all this. Like don't stir the pot shit. Like we're stirring the pot. We're learning about our history. Um, you know, we're learning about all the colors of our, history and we are like we out here right you know we live in our best lives we're going out there to do what we want to do because the shit y'all leaving us by us behind it ain't nothing it ain't nothing like you it ain't nothing shit so with that being said again thank you thank you thank you so much for being a part of our show um a very necessary conversation uh definitely look forward to uh what all of us have for the future working together um continuing the conversation um, again, audience, if anyone takes any information from today's conversation and you have success stories, um, or even if you, you know, you bomb, who cares? We right. want to know. Did you do it? Did you do it? We want to know. So hit us up on Living Millennial Podcast on Facebook or on Instagram at Living Millennial PC. Um, this is Brittany. It's Mandisa. And this is Skylar. Thanks, Skylar. y'all. Thank, Thank you. you. Wait. Jamal, we miss you. We do. We miss you. <laughs> Shout out to Jamal, you guys. We have not forgotten about our boy, Jamal. Shout out to him. He's out living his best life, doing his actor things yes, um, and just being great and phenomenal so shout out to him we miss you very much yes. uh, and we love everybody have a good one indeed we are living millennial oh ba, 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 ba. all right friends that's our show tune in next time
Hey, more to come. More, more, more to come. Be sure to subscribe to our show. Follow us on IG and tell us what you think.